list home. And uh, Father, we uh, pray through it and over it through the week, Lord, and uh, call these names out, uh, each and every one, Father. And uh, Father, we'll thank you for all you're going to do. Pray you'll bless our time here tonight as we get back in the book of Proverbs. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 30. And uh, we start a new chapter. So we're zeroing in on the end of the book of Proverbs. And uh, I think uh, in March... Uh, it will be the third year uh, since we started in Proverbs chapter 1. So we've been uh, uh, going through uh, verse by verse pretty much, uh, passage by passage at times. And I hope it's been a blessing to you. What a great book. And we love the book of Proverbs because it's practical for today. And uh, we've learned a great deal, and uh, we've had some reoccurring themes. We've tried to look at them from different angles and make different applications. Uh, and tonight, we'll carry on. Um, you'll kind of tell that these last two chapters kind of take a little bit of a different turn. In other words, there's you know, a lot of subject matters in, in each chapter. Uh, but tonight, uh, it, it kind of changes a little bit. And depending on the theologian, depending on... Uh, different um, uh, men of God that, uh, uh, that uh, help us in understanding the Bible. There are some things, uh, nothing grand or major that's a difference. Uh, but it is an interesting chapter, uh, this uh, chapter 30 uh, in the book of Proverbs. Um, and uh, we'll just kind of jump into this a little differently than what I have been doing uh, because uh, we are looking at really just a, a passage here uh, we'll look at each verse, but we're going to kind of stick to really one, one uh, theme. And so the title of the message uh, tonight is Trusting God's Word uh, Leads to a Changed Life. Now for me personally, these nine verses that we're going to be looking at, to me, are really salvation verses. Um, and uh, there's, uh, there's some uh, difference of opinion on who this, we see there verse 1, I'll just go ahead and read that. It says, the words of Agur, the son of Jacob, uh, even the prophecy, uh, the man spake unto Ethiel, uh, even unto Ethiel and Eucol. Now, we see that word Agur, and that's who we're really talking about. He has a father that's named Jacob, and then what I assume to just be acquaintances or friends, uh, uh, Ethiel and, uh, or Ethiel, I think is how you say it, and Eucol. Uh, as well. And we're not really going to talk about those, uh, for instance, but there's an interesting thing here. There are some who believe that really this is Solomon. Uh, and I used to feel that way, but I've kind of changed. And it could be. I'm not being definitive on anything as far as the identity of this Agur is. Uh, first of all, we just don't know. The Bible really doesn't say a whole lot about him. We pretty much find out all we know about him from this one verse. And so, uh, so we do know that it is the words of Agur. And, and again, there's not much about him. But um, the, the names here that are used, it's not that they couldn't have been Jewish names, but most people believe they have an Arabic root to them. Uh, and also his name just means a common laborer, uh, a hired hand per se. And so there are some that believe that, that there's a good chance that, that really Agur wasn't even a Jew, uh, that he was somebody that got right with God. Uh, and, and I, uh, I kind of like that, you know, because I'm not a Jew and I got right with God, so I can relate to that, amen? And, and so, so, again, I think it's kind of interesting, but, but again, I'm not uh, being definitive about anything here tonight. But if that's the case, let's say that it is, um, it could be that, that Agur, no doubt, if that was the case, he was a heathen, if you will, who got saved. 
Um, and the reason I say that too is we kind of unfold these verses really points towards, really, I think, his salvation experiences that we'll see. And there's just some things about himself that really don't represent who Solomon was. Um, and so Agur, no doubt, would classify as a prophet uh, because we see even the prophecy. Uh, and certainly God had used this individual to, to, by inspiration of God, to pin these words down. And so, no doubt, God was using this man in a mighty and powerful way, even though he might not have been a Jew. Now, he might have been, but he might not have been. And so, really, though, what we see here is really a wonderful transformation of Agur, uh, really, in these uh, nine verses. And I think it's just a, a really a great, uh, a great study, and I'm excited to share it with you. I, you say, well, you know, I'm saved. Uh, hey, I, I don't ever get tired of hearing about people getting saved, do you? <laughs> and I hope I never get tired of hearing even about my own salvation. And, and uh, <clears throat> listen, what do you think we're going to talk about throughout eternity? Amen. And uh, so, <clears throat> so we're going to break this down here real quick. But so number one, uh, uh, I started to put this in the, uh, uh, the title somehow. Uh, but number one is God got a hold of some common sense. You know, uh, I tell you, you know, uh, again, we don't want to over-spiritualize man's thinking, and I say all the time we can't let our experience, life experiences and what we think and all that dictate. We need to go by the Word of God. But I do believe God just gives us some good old common sense, amen, don't you? And uh, something that America is lacking in, in, in my opinion. Uh, but in John chapter, you don't have to turn there, but John chapter 16, verse 8, um, it says this, and when he has come, uh, talking about the, the work of the Holy Ghost, uh, Jesus explaining some things here, it says, when he has come, you see three things. He will reprove the world of sin, there's one, and of righteousness, there's two, and of judgment. And so really we see a, that's going on today even, the threefold work of God the Holy Ghost, God the Holy Spirit, amen? And that is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, convict them. Uh, and uh, even reprove uh, there as well. Uh, he will reprove the world of sin. And that word reprove just simply means convict. And uh, so the, the Bible teaches a lot about salvation. And we're, you know, we're not going to do a study on salvation tonight. Uh, but the Bible teaches that whosoever, amen, can choose to believe, amen. Uh, man can choose not to believe uh, the truth uh, of God. Uh, I've had some uh, Calvinists approach me before on John 6, 44 uh, that say, well, now wait a minute, God has to draw you before you can be saved, and you're exactly right. Uh, I agree with that, uh, but praise the Lord, we live in the dispensation of grace, amen. God wishes that none would perish. What I'm trying to say, God is drawing all men, amen. And uh, so the reason I say that is because we're not careful, and I've actually heard well-meaning people say this, you know, well, don't believe you can just get saved when you want to get saved. You've got to be drawn by God first. Well, I'm just telling you, God's drawing you. I I'm telling you, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you can get up right now and come down here and ask God to forgive you of your sins, and you can be saved. Amen. And so we've got to be careful with some of our wording sometimes. Uh, but uh, another verse, uh, passage, and there's certainly a lot we could talk about, but uh, Romans chapter 1, really the whole chapter there, but verse 19 through 20 is talking about really how man is without excuse. And so if man is without excuse, that means they have the opportunity to be saved, right? In other words, God wouldn't say, well, I don't want you to be saved, and then, and then punish you for it, right? I mean, that just doesn't, God doesn't work that way. 
And so it says in verse 19 through 20, because they, I'm sorry, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Man instinctively knows there's a God in heaven, amen. And of course we think about the creation. For God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so man... Uh, certainly has the ability to choose or not to choose. God's not going to force anybody to be saved that doesn't want to be saved. And so, again, we need to understand we can choose to be saved or not to be saved. Now, I've said all that to say this. Um, go to heaven or go to hell? Go to heaven or go to hell? Hmm, go to heaven. Yeah. Uh, again, common sense, amen. You know, uh, it boils down to this, folks. The reason, people don't, the reason people don't accept Christ, the reason they don't get saved, is because they really don't believe they're going to go to hell. I mean, if somebody really knew they were going to go to hell, I can't think of anybody that would choose hell over heaven. I, you know, uh, I don't think anybody lacks that much common sense. I could be wrong. Uh, but, but again, it's just some common uh, sense here that I think is important. And I believe that Agur represents somebody who understood this. Now, let's get into it here. Look at verse 2. Now, he's talking about himself. He says, Surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. Uh, I neither learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. Uh, and he goes into some questions. And this is kind of sounds like the book of Job in many ways. And he says in verse, uh, verse 4 there, Who hath ascended up into heaven? Or descended, uh, that'd be Jesus, right? Uh, who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Ah, even the winds and the water obey God, right? Christ. Uh, who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Well, we know we can answer all those questions by Jesus Christ, amen. Now, I think this is very significant. I, um, uh, we have a man who really realizes or came to a point in his existence when he really realized his true estate. You know, um, and he certainly humbles himself. And, and uh, he's saying, hey, I'm not a smart person. And he realizes there's a lot that he doesn't know and cannot know, even if he wanted to. You know, he's just, you know, he's just being real, real blunt here and honest about himself, and unlike today where people want to puff themselves up and those types of things. And then Agur really, um, and if we assume, and I'm assuming tonight, that, that if he uh, wasn't a Jew, that means that he certainly wasn't brought up in a, in a God-fearing home, but he comes to a point where, and this is why I believe that it's not Solomon, because I believe he comes to a point where he says within himself, there's got to be a God. Amen. And that's why I think this is such a great salvation message. There has to be somebody as he gives these questions that holds the wind in his fist and controls the weather who established the earth and its boundaries. And, and I believe that God certainly answered Agur's request. And, and somehow Agur came to the, uh, that is, he accepted uh, uh, God's truth. In other words, he accepted God's salvation, if you will. And we look at today. I mean, is that not how God deals with people today? Uh, again, that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? Reproves. Uh, and the Holy Ghost gets a hold of a sinner's heart. Amen? And praise the Lord. Uh, those that are truly seeking God. Uh, and He'll save to the uttermost. He wishes that none would perish. Amen? And so we thank the Lord for that. And so again, we, uh, if, if, if this is true about Agur, 
uh, not being a Jew, maybe even being a, a heathen in many ways, and we know it's true today, if you're saved tonight, you can amen this because it's happened to you that God can call anybody. Amen. Uh, I think I share with you from time to time, probably my favorite Bible word is whosoever. I, man, I love that word, amen, because I are one. I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever, amen. For whosoever shall what? Call upon the name of the Lord. Shall what? Be saved, amen. And so Agur, uh, no doubt, just by his own uh, uh, words and even what the name means, would be, you know, God's not a respecter of persons, but as far as the world is concerned, he's really a nobody. He's an unlikely person, uh, but yet became a prophet. And he was inspired to pin down the words that we're reading here in our Bible tonight. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Amen. He loves you just the same. So again, I, I kind of struggle with this maybe being Solomon because compared to Solomon, he was rich and Solomon was very smart, the wisest man uh, who ever lived. Uh, he was a king. Uh, but we don't need to be a Solomon to be used to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So number one, God, uh, uh, Agar got a hold of some common sense. Amen. Spiritual common sense. Number two, trusting God's word. So I believe we kind of see a progression of things here after salvation. Agar uses, uh, again, some good old common sense. And, and he says, hey, if I'm right with God, then I need to get in God's book. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I need to learn what God says about things. I, I got to learn what I ought to do and what I ought not do. Amen. Because there's a lot of oughts and there's a lot of ought nots. And we need to learn them. Amen. Uh, and yield to the Holy Ghost and follow those. But we see there in verse 5, um, what word? Every word of God is what? Pure. Uh, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Now notice, trust in the Word of God in the same verse. You know, uh, sometimes people want to get all spiritually, you know, bold and, and try to get all, you know, boy, I've, I'm yielded to the Holy Ghost, but they don't know the Word of God. Uh, that's, that don't work, right? He says in verse 6, Add thou not unto His words, Lest he, that is God, reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. You know, let God be true, and every man a liar. Amen? And certainly that's true. And as we go back, as we read there in verse 4, I believe those questions, uh, the answer to that question is certainly speaks of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, I believe that Agur uh, got revelation about Jesus. And, and you know, and now here's a kind of a thief deep theological question did he did he did he read about this you know we don't really know and about him in the scriptures and of course the messiah if you will and again i, I don't know enough to debate that one way or the other but i can tell you this uh, in other words did 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 he get saved uh and then he found uh, uh wanted to get into the word of god i think that's good i think that's probably how it ought to happen uh, but I do believe, however it happened, we can say that through God's Word, Agur got to know the Savior better. Amen. You know, we've been studying the patterns of the tabernacle, and we've talked about this. We looked at the laver, I believe our last message, and uh, out of that series anyway. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, uh, they're saved at the altar. Amen. They've been forgiven of their sins. They're under the blood. Uh, but they're not being cleansed, amen? They're not, they're not following uh, Christ the way that they need to. And they're certainly not in the Word of God. 
but certainly Agur, he understood that, hey, as a man of God, as a saved individual that's going to make heaven his home, uh, he understands who the Savior is. He, he knows the answer to all those questions in verse 4. Uh, but he said, hey, listen, i got to have the Word of God. Amen. Hey, listen, always remember, I know you probably get tired of me saying this, but I'm going to keep saying it as long as God allows me to. Your attitude towards the Bible tonight is your attitude towards God. Amen and amen. Now, as we've learned lately, as we began our first Sunday last Sunday, and uh, my wife corrected me. She said, you know, you said it was the first Sunday uh, of the month. And uh, I said, well, it was. <laughs> but she said, yeah, but you meant to say the first Sunday of the year. And I said, well, I, I, yeah, that's what I meant. And uh, so if I did say the first Sunday of the month, I meant the first Sunday of the year. Uh, but uh, we're, we've been talking, uh, you know, we preached on that word constrained and hope that was a blessing and a challenge to you. And remember, I was explaining that when we, you know, being constrained by the love of Christ, in other words, when we follow the light, more light always comes. Amen. You know, our problem is we, we want to see way up yonder. We, we don't want to see what's right here. We're trying to figure out what's going on here. God doesn't work that way. <laughs> he says, first of all, you've got to get this figured out. Amen. So he gives us a little light. So we okay. And he gives us another light. We move on. And so, again, when we follow the light, more light always comes. And I believe that Agur... In other words, uh, had a desire that he wanted more light. Amen? He wanted more truth. Listen, I'm telling you folks, there should never come a time in your Christian life that you don't hunger for the Word of God. You know, now, I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I don't hunger for it the way that I should, but I should be hungering for it. And why is it we don't hunger for the Word of God sometimes? Well, because we're full of junk food. We're full of everything else. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we need to fast from from TV and, and all these types of things and spend time on the Word of God. Amen. It'll bless your life. Amen. And I could do better in that area myself. But it says in Psalm 19, verse 8, the statutes of the Lord, talking about the Word of God, are right. Amen. Rejoicing the heart. Oh, it's wonderful to be a Christian. It's wonderful to be an on-fire, obedient Christian. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. There it is. In Psalm 119, 130, that whole psalm is about the Word of God. All 176 verses, I believe. But it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding. Listen, think about Agur, unto the simple. Now, I like that verse. <laughs> hey, man, hey, there's hope for me there, right? Uh, and hey, listen, I, I, I'm telling you, you don't, you don't have to be a Solomon. You don't have to be a, a theologian. You don't have to have a doctorate, Amen. Hey, listen, you can, you can study the Word of God and be used by the Word of God in a mighty and powerful way. Amen. But you've got to want more light. Because when we follow light, God always gives us more light. And Agur, now what I mean by that, hey, listen, it's not about wanting more knowledge. Here's, here's the goal. Is Agur and us tonight, too, as we think about our message on the laver. It's about being cleaner. See, I want more light. I want to know more about Jesus so I can be more pure, so I can be cleaner. Oh, so you can brag and think this? No, no, because the cleaner and purer I am, the closer I am to God in fellowship. Amen? Amen. The, doesn't the Bible tell us that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much? What do you think that means? And boy, if you've got a family tonight, you know, I don't know about you, but I want to be as strong as I can be when it comes to my family, don't you? So, hey, man, if I want to be strong in the Lord, I've I got to be pure. I've got to be holy. 
hey, listen, I, I, I want to live right, amen? Uh, not so I can brag, but so I can be the man of God that I need to be. So you can be the man or the woman, God, woman of God that you need to be as well. He wanted to be cleaner, and he understood that the, the key to all of this, the Holy Ghost certainly inside of us, but certainly the Word of God, amen? We make a big deal about the Bible, amen? You know why we make a big deal about the Bible? Because the Bible makes a big deal about the Bible. Amen. That means God makes a big deal about the Bible. Ephesians 5.26 says that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the Word. Amen. What a wonderful verse. And we notice there in verse 6 again, uh, Add not thou unto His words, lest He reprove, reprove, reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. We find a familiar passage in Revelations chapter 22. Let me just fast forward here a little bit. Anybody that trusts a Westcott and Hort text is trusting in a word that's been added to and taken away from. Amen. You say, who's Westcott and Hort? Just look them up and you'll find out. Amen. That's why we hold to the King James. Amen. 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 So praise the Lord for that. All right. So we see number one, God got a hold of Agur's common sense. Amen. Agur started trusting God's word. And then we see a life changed. This is seen really in an unselfish, humble request. He says, two things I have required of thee, deny me them not before I die. So Hagar is asking God for something here, two things. Number one, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Here's why, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. This is a wonderful thing here. It might be a little hard to kind of see, but I kind of want to just simply show you what I believe that it's, it's teaching us here. And so this man who, and we see the progression here, right? You know, he's, he's just saying, hey, there's got to be a God in heaven. You know, I look around, I see these things. Uh, we, of course, we're looking at this in this age of grace. We're looking back at the cross, and we know that's all about Jesus. Uh, we get saved, amen, and now we should hunger for the Word of God, amen. I want to know Jesus better today than I did yesterday, amen, but not as much as I'm going to tomorrow. And the key to all this is being yielded to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And Edgar, we see that. He's, he's doing all these things. And so we see this request, and we see a changed life. He desires to be a man, first of all and foremost, he just desires to be a godly man of honesty and integrity. I think that's great. In other words, why, why do he want to have an honesty and integrity? Because he wanted a good testimony, not for himself, but he wanted a good testimony for the Lord. He says, I'm representing the one that saved me. And so, hey, listen, you know, Christians, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I, you know, I've blown my testimony a lot of times out there in the world and probably will do it again in some way or another. Uh, but, hey, listen, if you belong to Jesus and you're out there having fits, and you're letting foul language come out of your mouth, and you're telling dirty jokes, and you're drinking alcohol, and you're doing this. Hey, listen, I'm just telling you, you're giving God a black eye. And you ought not do that. Amen. And so I think that's important. And so he wanted to have a good testimony for the Lord. In other words, he wanted to live in a way, and here's us. This is where we ought to be. You need to live your life in a way that brings glory and honor to the Lord. Amen. Boy, if you do that, you'll make the right decisions every time. Amen. Uh, there, there's where those oughts and ought nots come in real handy. Amen. But if you're not in the words, you're not going to know those oughts and ought nots, right? So then he simply wanted, and so in the end, he says, you know what? I just really just want my material needs met, and, 
and he wasn't asking to be rich, he was, but he wasn't asking to be poor. He wasn't asked to be destitute and hungry. Uh, he wanted to be content. Amen. What did Jesus say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So many people make decisions to uh, shy away from God and get involved, and, and you know they take jobs that take them out of church and take them out of service and so forth, all to do what God's already promised to give them instead of seeking ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus says, you serve me, I'll take care of all that. And that's what Agur, he's understanding this. He says, hey, I, I'm not trying to be rich. I don't want to be poor. I just want to be, I just want to be content, but that wasn't the end. I mean, he wasn't just wanting to be content uh, just to be content. But he says in verse 9, here's why. And again, he knew his heart, amen, and we all know our heart. He says, lest I be full and deny thee. In other words, he said, Lord, I don't want too much where I get to thinking I'm somebody and I don't need you anymore. I don't want so much that i got to start disobeying you and, and not being faithful to the church as I used to be so that I can keep up with the Joneses. Uh, no, no comment. But, yeah, no, no, or no, not, not no comment, but no, uh, what am I trying to say? No offense, okay. But you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, uh, so now, you know, Edgar says, hey, look, I, I don't want a bunch of stuff in my life that's going to drive a wedge between me and you, God. Hey, Amen. I tell you what, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. You can't take it with you anyway, right? And so he's, he's saying that. He says in verse 9, uh, Lest I be full and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? But on the other hand, says, Lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. So he's just saying, Hey, listen, I just, I just, I just want to be content so that I can be right with God. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's, that's good stuff. That's not even bad preaching, really. I like that. So, you know, we think about that, and again, I'm making some pretty deep speculations here, uh, but let's say that Agur was a heathen that lived like a lot of heathens do, and maybe wasn't honest, maybe he took things that didn't belong to him, uh, uh, cared about making money in whatever way he needed to do it, shady business or all, I don't know whether that's the case or not, uh, but, but he, he, he knew things, though, even as a man of God, he knew that there were things that could be stumbling blocks and strongholds in his life. He understood that. And we need to understand that tonight. You say, oh, I'd never do that. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. Hey, listen, we, we need to, to understand. Hey, look, we get far from God, I'm telling you, it's hard to tell what we might do. But Agur did not want anything in his life that might cause him to dishonor God. And he knew... Because he knew he still had the capacity within himself to do wrong and sin. And you say, well, wait a minute, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I have it here on my notes. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so a lot of times we see that. Well, if I'm a new creature, why, why would I still want to do those things? Hey, listen, you have a new nature inside of you that wasn't there before, but that old nature's still there. Amen. But now you have something, that new nature, you have a new influence inside of you that you didn't have before. You're a new creature. And now you have, you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. You have the Word of God. And you don't have to yield to the sin. You don't have to yield to the flesh. Amen? Uh, we don't have to. Before, you didn't have no choice. But now you're a new creature. But he knew within himself, uh, listen, he still, if he got away from God, if he wasn't growing in the Lord, if he wasn't staying in the Word of God, if he wasn't praying, if he wasn't around other believers, amen, he said, listen, I, I got the capacity to do wrong. 
And we do too. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how much you know your Bible. We all do. So Agar was a man. He was a man who humbled himself. and He got a hold of God. And he did it with a willing heart. But again, I say with some common sense. He was a man who no doubt what I see very quickly knew the secret to living for the Lord properly, which is the Word of God. Amen. Well, we just can't say that enough. So Agar was a man who, who had truly been changed, who had truly been changed. He wasn't perfect, no doubt about that. Uh, but what a, what a wonderful reminder uh, tonight. If you're saved tonight, I hope, that's, I hope that's also your salvation experience. Amen. I hope, now we have our ups and downs, our valleys and our mountains, and we have our stumbling, we have our, you know, sometimes we get away from God for seasons in our life, so please don't misunderstand me. But I hope tonight your normal course of life is to grow and grow and grow and grow, is to be saved and live for the Lord, not to be saved or to stay saved, but to live for the Lord to bring Him honor and glory. And that you also might be used in a way that can lead others to Him that folks can be saved. Amen. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll continue to say it, and I'm done. But your Christian life will preach better than any message that any preacher could ever preach. Amen. It'll reach more people. It'll reach more people. Uh, we call that putting boots to the ground. Amen. And uh, so I hope and pray that this has been a blessing to you tonight. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.